0: This next one doesn't have a title, but it was a gift that Aaron gave me on our last Christmas together. It'll be a little longer. It may be a couple parts, but we'll see how it goes. Their feet patter beneath the shadow of Mount Sinai clothed in smoke. Black men in loincloths, dicks swinging beneath their veil like children trapped in fallen tents. And women stripped to their kethaneth undergarments, stamp their calloused feet to the rhythm of beating drums and crashing tambourines. Like the Egyptian army, at once clamorous with the dissonance of war, and now muted by the weight of so much water, they approach climax, soon to be silenced. The people shout, Lord, your right hand shattered the enemy. You overthrew your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleashed your burning wrath. It consumed them like stubble. The rain intermingles with showers of wine spewed from their mouths, drenching their garments and exposing their nakedness. Their garments turn a pinkish tint about the color of the twilight sky. Soon, their feet are sloshing through puddles that trickle down their matted calves like streams from a rock in the wilderness that will capture them. Their stench, magnified by the heat and water, infuses the air and enters nostrils, deadened by the wine they imbibe. The bellowing of the ram's horn echoes amidst a roar of lightning and the earthquakes at the arrival of their god. In a crescendo of wind and thunder, he arrives, a palpable presence silencing the people. Though enshrouded in smoke at the crest of the mountain, the nimbus that surrounds him radiates through the haze. You may not look upon the face of God, Moses commanded them, but they look. They gaze through the smoke and look upon what will surely destroy them, silhouettes of smoke and light, shadows dancing with flames. A man approaches the mountain, fire devours him. Aaron and his brother stand atop the mountain, gazing through haze at the great mass of followers. So how exactly is this supposed to work, Aaron says. Moses kneels beside him, the corded muscles of his legs gleaming with water and light. I got a grip of them Levites all hopped up on Pharmakeia and commanded them to jump up and down to create the illusion of an earthquake. I didn't dilute the wine, so no one will know the difference. He takes a swig of wine. We got the forest burning on the opposite side of the mountain for smoke effects. And the glass will reflect some of that shifting light. Smoke and mirrors, baby. And the storm? Well, that's just good timing. Aaron nods his approval. Well, let's get this thing started then. They ignite a vat of oil. Lightning cracks the sky. The ram's horn resounds. sounds. The crowd grows quiet. I thought you told them not to look, Aaron says. As long as they stay put, the illusion will hold. And if they don't, if they don't, Moses says, if they don't, we toss an oil bomb down there and burn them alive. Morning comes, and rosy-fingered dawn peels back the Israelites' eyelids. The light sneaks through the interstices of the drying goat hair fabric of their tents. Luminescent speckles, festooned across the interior, make it appear as a night sky. Aaron, lying with his back against his woolen ground cover, awakens to this image and begins numbering the specks of light. He tells himself, They have heard the voice of God and will not forget. Moses will bring down the laws, and they will clear the way for us to the land of milk and honey. Beside him a woman stirs, placing her hand against his hairy chest. His rod is turgid, erect as an acacia post holding his tent aloft. He drinks deeply from his chalice. He feels the scarabs begin to colonize his brain, boring a network of tunnels excavated for oblivion. He becomes lost in the labyrinth as he enters his concubine. Moses remains at the peak of Mount Sinai. He does not eat or drink. He does not sleep. He has been ingesting Harmine for his psychedelic effects. He engraves on stone tablets the laws that will tame the people. Sweat collects on his black forehead, inscribed by the hand of God, he says under his breath. With the sun reaching its zenith, Aaron sits in doorway of his tent. A draft passes through the opening carrying with it the stench of the people's herald. What is it, he asks. The herald cowers as he approaches, his face is screwed up and pouring sweat. If it's more wine you've come for, I can't help you. You stiff-necked people nearly drank it all. Aaron drinks from his chalice and wipes a trickle of red from his beard, replacing the moisture with the fine dust. I'm not here for wine, the herald stammers. It's Moses. He hasn't returned, and the people are growing distressed. They request that you make for them a god to worship. Stiff-necked indeed, he says. Bring me some gold and I'll figure something out. And sacrifice something, I'm hungry. Aaron is half drunk with a belly full of greasy lamb by the time a pile of gold earrings has been amassed by the people. He puts half the gold in his chest and takes the other half to the forge. There he melts the gold earrings and hammers the mass into a golden calf. His art is idolatry. He is an an expert at it. The gold is returned to the people, a curse disguised as a blessing. This is the God that brought you out of Egypt, Aaron says. Praise him, for he is mighty. Moses returns to jubilation and the stirring of dust. He carries with him two stone tablets. Upon seeing the calf wrought from gold, he is lost to Belial. He chucks one tablet into the crowd, striking a child dead, and swinging the other tablet with two hands, Legends the skulls of calf worshippers. Blood seeps into his engravings, his law written in blood. He slaughters many, and when his work is done, he feeds the calf to the fire. The Levites gather around their master. Whoever's idea this was, he says, kill them all. Aaron stays back with Moses as the Levites massacre neighbors, friends, and family. The body count will number 3,000. You understand my frustration with idolatry, do you not? He says to Aaron. It is not that the idol is a distorted representation of God. I have no problem with that. The idol does not undermine his glory. Rather, the idol masks the non-existence of God. In it, inheres the truth that there is no God. Its very existence evinces the simulation of a reality that isn't there. The simulation cannot be made so apparent to these people. We depend on their recognition of things absent for their obedience. Do you understand? Aaron furrows his brow. You look a bit gaunt, brother. Why don't you have some wine? They drink deeply and eat roasted lamb while the Levites paint the desert red. Are you following Aaron? Aaron has been getting into his brother's stash of Harmine. Aaron has also discovered he is an alcoholic. The two do not mix well. His eyes are glazed, jaw drooping. He sees his brother not as he has seen him before. Tendrils of smoke slither from Moses' nostrils. His beard is jagged stone. His eyes melt down his face. Aaron rubs his eyes and squints, and Moses returns to his natural form. So the Levites will journey ahead of us with the tree of fire, Moses says. We will see the fire at night and the smoke in the day. Tell the people this is the work of God. Moses' dreadlocks transform into a mass of tangled black pythons. They flail widely atop his head. They chomp craters from his flesh. Give the people some Harmine, brother. We won't have to tell them shit. Moses shakes his head. The dark serpents quiver and fall back into matted locks. You're not following. With Harmine, they will see. We want that they not see. They are chasing a dragon, brother. We show them a little smoke a slithering tail, and we never show the dragon in its full form, never in all its glory. If they see the dragon, they will see it for what it is, a dragon, nothing more. Seeing as if something is when it is not, that is one thing. It reveals something can be called into being, yet disappear. We want that they never envision the thing. It must perpetually elude them, lest they realize that it can disappear. We show them smoke and the tip of a tail, a shed scale, and the reality becomes their own. The idea implants itself in them as if the origin is imminent in them. The God that dwells inside them is their creation, not ours. We can't fashion illusions that cling with as much tenacity as an illusion of their own shaping, do you see? Black leathery wings sprout from Moses' shoulder blades. He spreads them to full span. The skin creaking and snapping as they stretch His flesh becomes plated metal scales A red ruby ruptures through his chest His face wrinkles, neck elongates Ears point, nostrils slit, tongue forks His muscles swell as retractable claws split the flesh of what are now his talons His rocky spine emits spikes And a tail unfurls from his rear Fire erupts from his mouth Aaron rubs his eyes He shakes his head squints. Moses remains unchanged. Yes, brother, Aaron says. I see.